in my own personal experience, just a decent thing to do as a business owner, as a human being. Like you want people to want to work for you. And for me, it was really important people felt part of the family and so for me it's really important to make sure that i'm looking after my staff even through the process of terminating their contract hello and welcome to episode five of how not to run a business it's me jeremy jacobs i hope you are doing well and i hope you've been enjoying the four episodes that i released on monday the 7th of march very excited to get my first Uh, collection of episodes out and if you don't know already the format that I'm starting off with is releasing two episodes a month one of those is going to be an interview with another awesome human being and then the other episode is going to be me all by myself you can tell I can't sing at all can you Um, and the reason that I I'm doing that and I've and I've explained this before um I believe in previous episodes where I talk more about the truth what goes on behind what goes on in my head rather than giving you this polished version of an podcast podcast episode I I'm trying not even to to go to the point of cutting stuff out to leave it in because this podcast is around normalizing conversations of failure and if I go around heavily editing everything it's gonna be a little bit inauthentic so the reason that I decided to release two episodes a month is because I've just launched this podcast and I don't really know how it's going to go, like how it's going to be received, how much the workload of of running a podcast is, because trust me, getting four episodes out and a load recorded has taken a lot of time and energy, way more than I imagined, as is often the case with most things when you start them out. I have had the amazing support of Alex uh, Chisnell from Propreneur uh, and his team to, to launch launched this podcast which has been fantastic um and it would have been a lot more stressful if i hadn't um but i i just want to manage the workload to staff with so i'm just committing to doing two months i'm telling you all of that because i just want you to ex- to explain my thought process through this and i think it's quite helpful when you're um launching something or doing something for the first time it's just to I have a tendency want to go go big and you know and overcommit and say I'm going to do this, but actually it's much easier and better for me to start off small and I have to really work against my brain because it's going no come on let's uh, let's receive let's re- release an episode a day but that isn't practical so there we are so what we're we going to talk to you about today so we are going to be talking about how not to fire people um so these solo episodes are going to mostly focus on failures or mistakes that i've made personally in my own business or life and the lessons that i've learned and this episode is called how not to fire people and it came out of a conversation that i was having with a couple of friends who are entrepreneurs as well and we were discussing this really difficult subject around firing someone and that word firing someone might conjure up lots of ideas or thoughts in your head around that it might trigger some people it might you know it feels to me like quite a harsh way of um 
of talking about terminating essentially someone's contract or uh, your relationship with someone in your business. And it definitely has been made more sensationalist and more exciting by programs like The Apprentice. You're fired, you know, um, what's his name? Alan Sugar pointing and saying you're fired or um, Donald Trump in the Amer- in, in, in America, not the America, in America, in the US. Um, it's definitely, in my view, being glamorized. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned, and I will talk about um, specifics of what has happened in my business. But one of the things that I have uh, learned on my journey is around the sensitivity of terminating someone's contract or job. And the reason I say that is that I used to find it so uncomfortable to fire someone or let them go, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to refer to it as firing someone or, yeah, we'll refer to it as firing someone today. Um... And I and I really did not enjoy that process. Didn't like the confrontation. Didn't like uncomfortable f- uh, conversations. And I didn't like having to deliver bad news. I still don't enjoy it. I mean, I don't think many people do, to be honest. But um, but that said, as a business owner, you have to. It's one of these non-negotiables in my book. There's lots of non-negotiables in business, but this is a this is one of those big ones. You have to be able to have uncomfortable conversations with people, and I'll give you I'll give you a, an example of how that negatively impacted my business. And the failure on my part was to have those conversations and to do it in a way that was um, compassionate and understanding to that to the individual. Because what I would do is I'd get so uncomfortable that I would I would do it in this really um, uncaring way. I just wanted to get it done and dusted. So uh, I would sit them down and I would just be like, look, this isn't work. You know, I would just be quite, quite aggressive, maybe not the right word, but I just wanted it over and done with. And I didn't want to think about the repercussions. I didn't want to think about, have I done this the right way? You know, they're upset. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, there's people out there in this world who would, if you spoke to them, would say Jeremy was not a great boss. Definitely. I mean, I've employed hundreds of people over the 13 years I ran my business easily. I don't know the exact number. We'd have a lot of people coming in and out of our business. So I've had to have these conversations over and over and over again. And the easiest way for me back then to deal with it was to become this kind of like power, I was going to say power bitch boss, like, you know, I'm not happy with you. You're fired. Get out of my pub. Like real, just just not arm's length, dealing with an arm's length, being aggressive, you know, I've made the decision, get out, you know, da, 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 da. not nice at all um, for that person or me, actually. But I'm more interested in the the person who's just lost their job. So I'm holding my hands up now and saying that is exactly how I used to be. And so I would avoid that confrontation as much as possible or deal with it in a really, like, aggressive, um, uncompassionate way. But that wasn't tended to be for people that were 
uh, what I would call like entry level, the people that would come in and do lower skilled work. When it came to people who were uh, more at the manager's level, that was where I really struggled with it. And the reason was, was because often those people are, have been around in business for a long time. They're managers themselves. And so they are, are more likely, not necessarily always, but more likely to challenge and push back, which is understandable. So that tactic didn't work, but I still tried to do it. And I fired someone in the worst way possible. Um, I didn't follow protocol at all. I'm hesitating, thinking, God, can I get into trouble for this? I'm going to say anyway, the business is closed and um, we resolved it. I ended up resolving it. But what happened was I had employed someone in a senior management position within our organisation and I'm going to keep it vague to protect the identity of this person. Highly unlikely you'd ever figure out who it was, but I'm just going to keep it vague. And I'd hired this person into a senior management role and they had sat down in the interview and they had promised the world. Um, They had experience in the role in previous organisations and they always nodded and said yes when I asked them, can you do this, that and the other? And they, yep, 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 can you provide us with growth and et cetera, et cetera. And yes, yes, yes. And when they came into the role, they did not deliver on what they said. Now, there's a whole other conversation around interviewing and recruitment. And I'll just make a point of saying that now hiring anyone, I want to see proof that you've done it before in any way you can prove it to me. So for example, um, you come in as a sales role. Yeah, I've grew my, I grew uh, this business by fifty percent in a year. Okay, great. Show me the numbers. Like, prove to me with data that you can do it. N- not often people actually have that information, but it's definitely you need to ask that question. I never used to do that. I'd just go, oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, great. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, come and work for us. And then they came in and they didn't deliver. The second thing was not holding them to account. And that's a big one. That's a big one. That's one that I definitely felt uncomfortable doing. And I definitely have skilled up in that area. And it's around um, it's around making sure that you set expectations when they come in. This is what we're expecting. So for ex- I'm just going to give you an example of a sales role, for example. Someone comes in, right, where can you get to where can you get us to in three months here, X number, right? X number of revenue or profit, whatever it looks like for your business. Great. Okay. And then you review it three months and you sit down with that person. And then you say, well, how did you get on? Have you hit those numbers? Yes. Brilliant. No. Okay. Why not? What's missing? Where do you need support? They very likely you'll have them on a probationary period for the first three months. So you have an option always to extend that. So you might want to, uh, if they haven't been hitting their targets, I would be like, okay, what's going on? There might be some things in the business or in the in the um, market, in the external market that is influencing that inability. So for example, not this person, but another person in the pandemic was uh, employed to do a sales role and they weren't achieving the numbers. But then you have to be mindful of the fact that they were operating in tough market conditions 
And then it's a personal judgment call as to whether or not um, you want to you want to you know work with this person to train them up to continue to work with them. It's a very complex subject, but just giving you a sort of overview of that initial period once they come in, making sure that you are holding them to their account, you're meeting with them regularly, you're, you've got that dialogue. And then if it isn't working out and you do get a sense that they are pulling the wool over your eyes or bullshitting you, then it's about taking the decision to terminate that relationship and that contract. And that's the tricky part. So where I failed in the past, this person that I'd employed, they hadn't been meeting the objectives. Uh, they hadn't been delivering on what they said they were doing. And I'd sat down with a, a business mentor and we looked through the numbers and we were paying this person a fair amount of money. And they went, what, what is this person doing here? So we went through their role and how are they performing? Well, they're not delivering. Well, why are they there? Like they questioned, understandably, why are they in your business? And so we took the decision to decide to let that person go and now prepare for <laughs> the shame. I feel terrible even talking about it, but I'm going to share it. So what happened was they had come into, popped into work, just come into work briefly to pick something up. And I, we just talked about it. It was me and my mum, and we just talked about it. And I've seized the opportunity right there and then on their day off to sit them down and tell them that we couldn't continue to employ them. Understandably, they got very upset and walked out. Understandably. Now, before I dig into the lessons learned and what I would do differently, what I will say is that we did resolve this very quickly um, afterwards. We had a conversation later. They acknowledged that they shouldn't have, or not shouldn't have, rather, I'm going to take that word back. They uh, the, they would have worked better if they hadn't have lost their shit and walked out. But I said, no, 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 you've got nothing to apologise for. Like, this is all on me. It's so important as business owners and entrepreneurs, I believe, to take full ownership and responsibility for yourself. doesn't mean you can't make other people accountable, but start first with where can you be responsible? So I said, no apology, absolutely no apology needed. Like, I'm so sorry for how this happened. I did it because I was fearful and I didn't want, I just didn't know how to handle the situation. So I just, uh, I didn't I felt, didn't want to sit with it. I didn't, I, felt, I just want it over and done with. I made the decision. I wanted it over and done with. Uh, and so I did that. We sorted it out and we ended up parting on reasonably good terms. Um, I haven't since. This was many years ago. Um, I do know that that person went on to go and get another job and, you know, everything was fine um, in the end for them. But that experience for them was was shit. You know, no way of, nice way of saying it. It was really shit for them. Um, and I still hold uh, guilt and shame around that because of how I treated that person, which I'm dealing with. Oh, don't worry about me. <laughs> um, so what, what? So that was the failure, like how not to fire someone. Don't just grab them when they popped into work and sit them down, you know, and say, uh, we can't afford to employ you anymore, bye-bye. Like that just was not the way to do it. So what did I learn from that? Well, the first most important thing is if you are employing anyone, then you need to 
uh, knowledge up, get educated from experts about your legal requirements as an employer and company director. And there's employment law. It's a huge part of, um, you know, recruitment and employment law. It's a huge part of the legal services provided to businesses. Um, I'd probably say the biggest in my experience. So you need to understand what your duties are, the processes that you need to follow. Um, what what we're trying to avoid here is unfair dismissal or the employee making a claim against you that you uh, you you dismissed them unfairly, you were uh, you discriminated against them, you did, yeah all that sort of stuff, and and particularly in today's age, rightly so, it's something that you need to be super careful with. Like it's so so important. So there's a process. And it's going to vary, depend, well, I say vary. I'm not an employment lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a solicitor. I don't, this is not legal advice. First thing to say is go and seek the advice of a solicitor or uh, a lawyer. Um, one really great resource that I've used personally, and there are others out there, but one I've used is the Federation of Small Businesses. The, uh, the membership fee is around about, 150 250 pounds in that region it might have gone up depends on your size of business but what they do have is a resource an online resource for uh, which has a ton of uh, legal contracts and uh, documentation that in that is kept up to date that you can use in your business um, there is a contract of employment template there which you would need to edit and probably most lawyers would say that, or solicitors would say it's best to get that checked over before you apply it, but it's a starting point. And they also have a legal advice helpline and they have a really strong um, department that deals with employment law. And they were so helpful that I honestly couldn't, I highly recommend you getting this if you're employing people. Because what you can do is you can call them up and you can say, right, I've got this employee, I need to terminate their contract. And then they'll ask you questions. How long have they worked with you? Um, lot, I'm not going to go into detail of what the questions they ask. But for example, in the UK, currently at the beginning of 2022, there's this thing called terms of service. And if it's uh, if the employee has worked for you less than two years, then it's, e I'm going to say it bluntly, it's easier to terminate their contract. Um, provided they're not a protected um, uh, group, um, and that is, uh, you know, LGBTQ+, plus, uh, people of colour, um, you know, pregnant women, there's a long list of people, um, provided that there's no issue around that, you do have to be careful around that, understandably, um, then it's easier for you to terminate a contract. I'm trying to say this in a really polite way, but that that's kind of the reality of it and so i so you can call them up and you can have a conversation with them and you can explain your situation and the employee you have and what you need to do um or sorry what you want to do so and there's a process to follow so the correct process at the time again this may have changed so make sure you're always going to get legal advice please at the time and the process that we adopted towards the end of the business was you, we had to provide the employee with a letter. 
And that letter essentially said, your position within the business is at jeopardy and we need to have a conversation. And you set a date and they come along to that meeting and that is where you have the conversation. You explain the situation, what's going on, and they then have an opportunity to discuss that with you, to challenge, to think of alternatives. If your business is big enough, can they go somewhere else? Can you redeploy them somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And you have to give the employee the opportunity, which is just, in my own personal experience, just a decent thing to do as a business owner, as a human being. Like, you want people to want to work for you. And for me, it was really important people felt part of the family. And so for me, it's really important to make sure that I'm looking after my staff, even through the process of terminating their contract. So you give them that space to do it. And then you would send a follow-up letter if the decision was still to go ahead with that and send them that letter. That's kind of the the basic process of what we went through when we terminated someone's contract towards the end in stark contrast to where I literally just grabbed someone as they came into work on their day off. You know, sun was shining, they were having a great day, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get sat down and told that they don't have a job anymore. I mean, it's, um, yeah, not great at all. So I learned my lesson in that. and And then going forwards, I started to apply that process. It actually made it easier. When I say easier, yeah. Yeah, it did make it easier because there was a process to follow. You could deliver the news that they were, you know, there was something going on. They could have some time to go away and think about it and then you have a conversation rather than doing it all in one go. So I think the biggest lesson is this idea that you can just fire someone and tell them to get out your business doesn't exist there's things of uh, holiday entitlement uh, notice period all this sort of stuff it's way complex and I'm not going to go into detail now I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up in a second but I just wanted to share one of my there's many there's lots of content here for solo episodes but one that came up for me recently in a conversation with someone around you know mistakes that we had made and employing people and and how to treat them so I hope that's been useful. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you do employ anyone, do you agree? What's been your experience? If there's anything else you want to know around that, then do let me know. Um, yeah, it's as I say, it's just important for me um, personally as a decent human being to treat people with respect and to treat this process with respect because it's it's not comfortable it's not easy I speak to a lot of business owners who just don't enjoy doing it whatsoever I'm sure I remember reading in Richard Branson's autobiography that he used to get other people to do it for him because he hated it so much I don't know I, I'd like to reference these uh, people who are what we would deem um, from a certain angle really successful and how they are challenged, of course they are. And that's the whole point of this podcast, to uncover the, um, the realities and the things that people don't tend to talk about. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. This has been How Not to Run a Business with your host, me, Jeremy Jacobs. If you like this conversation and you want to hear more, then make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And whilst you're there, if you want to leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me online, you can do so on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. 
and my profile name is Jeremy Jacobs UK. Or you can check out my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep on trying, keep on failing, keep on succeeding.